Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Is counterterrorism Islamophobic? Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist, and your terrorist therapist. Well, uh, have you ever thought about that? Uh, Ilhan Omar has, and um, she uh, would outlaw everything as Islamophobic if she could. And she is on her way because um, she just introduced a bill in Congress that has so far passed the House. Uh, if there, if if Elon had her way, <laughs> she would uh, outlaw is any kind of counterterrorism, um, and this is because she's really. Uh, <laughs> She's wanting to make everything, uh, I mean, this has been her, this is her agenda. She's been doing things all along once she got to Congress, probably even before, um, to, to make this country more vulnerable to radical Islamists. Now, um, is, um, Ilhan Omar, I, I want to remind you of this because this says it all. Ilhan Omar was the one who gave a speech at CARE, the Council on American-Islamic Relations, Um, and she said CARE was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us stand to lose access to our civil liberties. Well, you know, she's talking about the radical Islamists who um, perpetrated 9-11. And some people did something. She doesn't even want to take responsibility or, or connect it to radical Islam or con- at all. And I remember that uh, the, the New York Post, which is really a much better newspaper than, uh, than I realized when I was growing up, um, and, well, maybe it wasn't as good as it is now. I don't know. Um, but anyhow, um, they, for 9-11, I mean, you know, the anniversaries, or when she said this, actually, it started when she said this, they had it right away on their cover. Some people did something, and they had a picture of the Twin Towers and the planes going into them. So that's who Ilhan Omar is. Uh, she's very anti-Semitic. She has been um, quoted and, and uh, um, by, you know, it's not a secret. She, there are lots of quotes where her true agenda, her anti-Semitic agenda, um, is obvious. And yet somehow she manages to hold a lot of influence in Congress. And that is, you know, whether it's people don't want to seem Islamophobic or she knows where the bodies are buried or money has something to do with it, or, um, you know, it, it really does boggle my mind how she is able to uh, hold as much power 
as she does in Congress, when people really do see her for who she is. Um, let me just tell you that it's uh, it's uh, AOC, Ilhan Omar, and the squad are the true leaders of the Democratic Party. And they have a blatantly socialist and communist ideology that must be stopped. And I will add to that an anti-Semitic ideology. So this is what she has done now. <laughs> Um, so there was a party line vote, 219 to 212, the Democrats being the leading vote, um, in the House, and they passed the bill called Combating International Islamophobia Act, and it was co-sponsored by Ilhan Omar, and, um, she, this bill calls upon the president, and we know Biden is going to do her bidding. So if this gets through the Senate, it is not going to be good. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, why am I saying something is bad about uh, combating Islamophobia? Islamophobia isn't good. I'm certainly not um, a proponent of Islamophobia. In fact, in my book, uh, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, oh my, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror, um, I talk about Islamophobia, and I talk about how parents and teachers should teach kids about what it is and how they should teach kids to look at everybody uh, by what's judge everybody by what's in their heart. But that is not, um, you know, this is not what uh, Ilhan Omar means <laughs> when she is passing this bill. Okay, so I'll tell you more about it. Um so the idea, she wants the president to appoint a special envoy to fight Islamophobia. This envoy will head up a state department that will monitor the phenomenon. But now, the, this bill is wrongly focused in a lot of different ways. Um, it is supposed to combat efforts to, quote, promote, promote racial hatred against Muslims, even though Islam is not a race. And there are Muslims among people of all races. Uh, there are many other problems with the bill, including, notably, that it will inhibit counterterrorism efforts. Um, now, the Washington Post described this office that Ilhan wants to create as um, it would record instances of Islamophobia, including violence against and harassment of Muslims, and vandalism of their mosques, schools, and cemeteries worldwide. Now, there is no, you know, that all sounds fine, but there is no similar call for the State Department to create such reports about violence against or harassment of Christians and vandalism of their churches, schools, and cemeteries worldwide, or violence against Hindus or any other religious groups. So why would there be this special treatment for Muslims? Um, it can't be because they're the most persecuted around the world. Christians and Jews are more persecuted than Muslims by far. Um, so it, this bill would prioritize the, the religious persecution of Muslims over the persecution of other religions. Um, 
let's see. So, and and the idea of um, targeting propaganda efforts by state and non-state media to, quote, promote racial hatred or incite acts of violence against Muslim people, uh, it doesn't define Islamophobia, and it's very uh, subjective. And um, even it could include and might well include even reporting activity uh, about, about jihad um, and even looking at why, what makes terrorists terrorists? Why, why are terrorists trying to attack us? All that kind of thing. Um, so there are people, there are, you know, Republicans who, um, for the most part, who spoke out against the bill, but they were voted down by this really slim margin. Um, but they, he, one, um, a representative from Pennsylvania said that the bill, he warned about it, and he said that the bill would be used, quote, to silence dissent and critiques of terrorism. By intentionally leaving the definition of Islamophobia blank in this bill, the gentle lady and my friends on the other side of the aisle are creating an office in our State Department that will likely spew anti-Semitic hatred and attack Western ideas throughout the world under the farce of protecting Islam. So um, now he he happened to say when he was making his speech in Congress, he was saying that um, that Omar is an associate of terrorists, and people uh, like the Washington Post got really attacked him for saying that. Um, now what he actually said was. We all agree that nobody should be persecuted based on their faith. We all agree on that. But American taxpayers shouldn't be forced to pay terrorist organizations that the maker of this bill is affiliated with, like the one that's an unindicted co-conspirator in the largest terror finance case in the United States of American history. And he's talking about CARE, um, the the Council on American-Islamic Relations, that are BFFs with Ilhan Omar. Um, CARE has opposed virtually every anti-terror measure that's been proposed or been implemented. It's been declared a terror organization even by the United Arab Emirates. Um, there are all kinds of reasons why the... the um, the one of the leaders of CARE has called for the overthrow of the U.S. government. I mean, they, they don't um, they're not uh, subtle. They don't um, um, hide what they really are out to do, even though they are pretending that it's all it's all having to do with the discrimination against Muslims. But it's not we're not talking about Muslims or even Islam here. Well, the Council on American Islamic Relations I mean, they they hide. Um, they are a wolf in sheep's clothing. <laughs> um, so anyhow, I will when we come back, I will um, talk more about this. But it is really something to be watched because um, because if this passes the Senate, it really does uh, prohibit. You know, so many things that, that are, would be considered counterterrorism. I mean, that also is a big word 
that isn't doesn't have a uh, um, a, a very uh, uh, narrow definition. I mean, you can make it a big word, just like you can make Islamophobia a big word, and you know, to cover all kinds of things. And in the past, um, in my last couple of, um, especially the last podcast, I talked about um, how domestic terrorism is being used by Biden to cover all kinds of things, um, and and other people are taking his lead. So. Um, so we are in a dangerous situation here because what this is doing is really um, harming or, or um, is disempowering uh, America to fight jihad. Well, stay tuned. We'll, we'll come back and talk more about this. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show where we're talking today about is counterterrorism Islamophobia? Well, if Ilhan Omar had her way, all counterterrorism efforts or speeches, um, anything, anything saying that uh, jihad is bad and um, we shouldn't give in to terrorists would be considered Islamophobia and therefore outlawed. Well, obviously, this is a very dangerous uh, idea. Um, again, I'm certainly not. Uh, in favor of uh, prejudice or discrimination against Islamists or against um, Muslims or, um, but, you know, there there are, but radical Islamists who are the terrorists, um, we certainly have to be on guard about, to say the least. So um, she has written this bill, co-authored this bill, and it has so far passed in the House, and it is going to go to the Senate. And if it passes the Senate and goes to Biden, we know that he is going to um, uh, to okay it, to, to go along with it. He's not going to veto it. Um, and she wants us to believe that Islamophobia is as much a threat around the world as anti-Semitism, she wants the federal government to monitor, to report on, and to fight the spread of this hatred. Is you know, it's uh, what she's considering hatred. Um, it is true that when people, whatever it is that people are fearing, uh, whether it's back people, people who aren't vaccinated, or uh, black people, or you know, any Chinese people, any kind of um, population. Um, it is true that when you fear them, it does there does develop a hatred because you're you're angry that you're scared of, that they make you scared. Um, now she managed, and this sort of uh, she managed to um, get a Jewish uh, representative, Jan Schakowsky, to co-author this with her, and. Um, it was um, it this is apparently um, typical of what she does, and I you know it really bothers me as a Jewish woman, it really bothers me that um some Jews, I guess including some in Congress, don't see through all of this and don't realize uh what the real agenda of all of this is. You know, if they if they read more or or expose themselves to more 
um, about Ilhan Omar's background, for example, and what she has done in the past. There's really no um, no one could could question that that her main thing is is destroying Israel and um, and and being anti-Semitic. Um, but that this is how she tries to avoid charges of anti-Semitism by getting at least one Jew to go along with her on a bill. Um, now, if you look at the root of the word Islamophobia, it means the irrational fear or hatred of Islam. But that is really a word that was invented not to describe this irrational fear or hatred of Islam and Muslims, but in order to shut down any criticism of Islam no matter how justified. So just to um, read that definition again, Islamophobia, the root of the word, means the irrational fear or hatred of Islam. But what Ilhan Omar is doing is broadening this um, and not using it to just uh, describe that, but it's to shut down any criticism of Islam, no matter how justified, like what she said about the Twin Towers, some people did something. You know, I guess she would consider that Islamophobic if we were to say that radical Islamists were the ones in the planes. So um, really, this uh, we really need to watch what is happening here. And uh, for fear that, or I don't like to use that, you know, we have enough fear in the world, but to make sure that... Um, the Senate doesn't pass this bill for all the reasons that I just talked about. Um, now, this the um, let me just uh, broaden this a little bit, the discussion a little bit, and say that um, you know we're going to be hearing a. Uh, we're going to be well. We have been hearing already. Not only by how not only has Biden been talking about um, been broadening the concept of terrorism and talking about how domestic terrorists include parents who complain at PTA meetings, but really of anybody, he is to to relate to anybody to describe anybody who um, has a different political opinion than he does. In other words, conservatives. So, um, you know, we are, we're really, now we're, we're coming up, um, we're about to hear another speech of Biden, you know, as the um, Omicron variant of COVID is uh, affecting more people, it, it's much more easily transmitted, but it is uh, not as serious. The symptoms aren't as serious, but he's about to make a, another speech and um you know his whole his whole theme is again is anti-vaxer. I mean, be, no, I mean it's against people who aren't vaccinated. Well, and um, and so you know his whole speech about how he's always talking any time he can get a chance about how this is the epidemic of the unvaccinated. So uh, I will will not be surprised if um, in this next speech. He talks about he calls the unvaccinated domestic terrorists. That that's the next step. You've heard it here first, <laughs> um, because you know he is doing everything he can to make people hate um, the unvaccinated. So um, 
unvaccinated phobia or something. Um, so just wait. You heard it. Here, you heard it here first. Um, talking about domestic terrorists and and how the use of that word has become so uh, so overused to the point that it doesn't really make any sense. Um, I, I, I want to tell you this story that may seem a little a little on a tangent, but it, I read it this morning and it really bothers me, and I'm sure it'll bother you too. And the point of why I'm, I'm telling you about it is because although this has nothing to do with Muslims or Islam or Jews or um, any other min minority, well, <laughs> the uh, any other uh, sometimes um, where there's sometimes prejudice against them. Um, they, they, this is a story about something that just happened in um, in Minnesota. Minnesota is the hotbed of really all kinds of horrible things these days. Um, you never heard about Minnesota until uh, you know over the last couple of years. In any case, this is a story about a um, an Instacart driver who ran over an elderly couple's groceries in their driveway. And um, the, they, this, you know, this couple obviously ordered, elderly couple obviously ordered groceries from Instacart. And a driver who's supposed to be delivering the groceries decided to um, come in the driveway and run over and over and over all of the packages that they ordered, all of their groceries, obviously ruining their groceries. Why did this Instacart driver do this? Um, because, because the people had a sign in their driveway um, that said, thank you, Blaine PD. Blaine, Minnesota is where they lived. So, um, so this driver didn't like uh, didn't like that. Didn't like them thanking the police, right? You know, this obviously this is a defund the police uh, proponent, and so that's what she did. Now, she didn't only. Um, her name is Tara Olivia Plum. She's thirty six, and um, she she put a um, well, the, the couple received a notification that their delivery had arrived and they went outside to greet the delivery person because they didn't want her pulling in the snow-covered driveway and getting stuck. They, they were doing, trying to do something nice, right? Um, but when they opened the door, she yelled at them to check inside of their Christmas wreath and she, that's when she drove up and down the driveway smashing their, their groceries. They looked in their um, they looked in their wreath, and there was a note from Tara, and it said, "Instacart doesn't pay employees. Sorry, find another slave. Um, F the racist police pigs." Um, and and well, there's a happy ending to the well. There's in a way there's a happy ending to the story. But I mean, here is this woman. Now they have a picture of it. 
of her. She doesn't look, you can't tell, I should say, from her picture what um, ethnic background she is. The only thing you can tell about her is that she has purple hair. <laughs> uh, obviously a, uh, <laughs> obviously a, uh, you know, a radical against society in general or against, uh, against um, people who like the police. So now the police aren't considering this a hate crime because they didn't think they would have had to prove that it was committed based on the victim's perceived race, color, religion, sex, sexual orientation, disability, age, or national origin, which it probably wasn't. Um, and so, so, but she is being, um, she is, she is uh, under investigation for it, and um, she could. She could have. She could spend time in jail, <laughs> unless uh, unless she gets a progressive um, DA. In any case, the the happy part of the happy ending part is where uh, a younger family member of this elderly couple set up a grocery fund on GoFundMe, and they raised over thirteen thousand dollars before the person who put up the page took it down because that was more than enough. And she said that, you know, this is not only is this going to be good for their groceries to replenish their groceries, but um, apparently they needed money for medical expenses. So my point of telling you this story is that there is too much hatred in the world, period. Um, you know, and people find things to hate about other people, um, whether it's, whether it's, um, you know, their race or religion or they don't get vaccinated or, I mean, we are just exploding in hate and this is not good for anybody. So, so to, to have a, introduce a bill against Islamophobia, it's like a drop in the bucket. It would really have to be a bill against all of these kinds of prejudices. And, you know, yes, that would be great, but, um, is that going to, what's, how much, is it a doable and how much, it, it, it just kind of takes, I mean, yes, there's certainly, there are laws, you know, discrimination laws, and hate crime laws and all that. But in terms of making, setting up this committee or department uh, that Ilhan Omar wants, um, that and making Islamophobia a more important crime, that is not fair. All right, we will, um, when we come back, uh, I will tell you some more things that um, relate to this. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about is counterterrorism Islamophobia? And of course, the answer is no, except unless you're Ilhan Omar, and you're able to convince Congress that the answer is yes. Um, just want to make one more comment about that the story that I just told you. Um, in regard to, you know, when I've been talking in previous uh, um, podcasts about the dilution, you know, how the words terrorism and domestic terrorism, uh, I was talking about it in relation to the school shooters in these previous podcasts in the last couple. Um, how it's getting diluted. Um, 
you know, one could make the argument, and I am not doing this, but if one if one dilutes these words, terrorism and domestic terrorism, one can make the argument that this uh, Instacart driver, <laughs> follow me here now, uh, was a lone wolf terrorist because certainly she created terror in the elderly couple standing on their doorstep watching their packages um, be run over beyond uh, ability, their ability to actually eat the food. <laughs> um, and because she undoubtedly had some socio-political agenda, which was she wanted to defund the police and she was angry that they were thanking the police. Now, I am not really suggesting that we call her a lone wolf terrorist. I am merely making another example of how if you dilute these terms uh, or misconstrue some of the terms, such as Islamophobia, the way uh, Ilhan Omar wants to do it, um, then they lose meaning and they would get into... Um, you know, we lose what it makes it makes it very confusing and we lose some of the most important points. OK, now um, I was mentioning how uh, there are many, many instances. In fact, I've done a podcast a while ago about Ilhan Omar um, because she's been this way anti-Semitic and uh, and pro <laughs> pro jihad since she got into Congress. Um, so you can find a, um, a previous podcast about her. It has Ilan Omar in the title. Um, and so she has a long history. And if you've been following anything about Congress or terrorism, you certainly know uh, this about Ilan Omar. And um, how she's trying to destroy Israel, being part of uh, BDS and, and um, uh, all of that, you know, the... the um, the plan to uh, to destroy Israel through um, economic means, you know, through um, to uh, yes, boycott, divest, and sanction BDS. She's certainly a very pro BDS person and makes no bones about it. Uh, and this is a person in Congress in America. I mean, that alone is just shocking. Now, here's a story. Uh, about something that just happened. The Palestinian Authority, in case you don't think that they, <laughs> uh, in case you, want, if you're wondering about, you know, whether they are terrorists, uh, the Palestinian Authority brainwashes or just did, had an event uh, to brainwash fourth grade girls, trying to get them to um, get excited about, happy about, how Israel's destruction is inevitable, okay? So they are teaching them to hate. Now, it's kind of similar in a way. Uh, it's, the, it's the Middle East version of CRT. Um, it's, you know, in the sense that they are just, um, uh, what's the word, that they are uh, rewriting history so that these Palestinian students, well, it's, will, will believe that um, Israel has taken over their lands. They're, in other words, they're not teaching history the proper way for a purpose, which is to get these children to hate Israel and to ultimately be part of the destruction of Israel. So um, they 
not only are they teaching them to hate Israel, but it's teaching them to work towards towards the obliteration of Israel, and they're making it seem like an Islamic duty. Now, this is probably, I'm sure, if Ilhan Omer was hearing me talk about this, um, she would say I was Islamophobic. Um, I don't think anybody should be hating anybody unless the person is, um, well, first of all, is doing what they are uh, accused of, and second of all, you know, being... uh, uh, a danger to humanity. So the, there's a chance, um, there's a chance that uh, the pro-Palestinian movement chants from the river to the sea. And uh, this is, th- what they mean by this is, um, uh, what they mean by this is um, Palestine is Arab from its from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, and that its capital is Jerusalem, and it will be liberated sooner or later. That's what you know. This is the shorthand for meaning that um, Palestine, the Palestine owns Israel. It's really Palestine's land, which is not true if you know history. Um, okay, so. In getting back to these fourth grade students, what they had them do, um, the Palestinian Authority, they were brainwashing these fourth grade girls, and they called it a national educational activity. They had the girls make dummy Palestinian identity cards with Palestinian flags on them, and they posed the girls with, with these identity cards uh, on a background of drawings and signs featuring keys symbolizing the Palestinian refugees' quote right of return. So, so they're standing in front of these like a blackboard, or um, where there are these drawings, you know, children's drawings that they obviously must have made, um, that all have this same theme of um, how Palestine owns Israel, or Israel is on Palestinian land. Um, right, And so that, you know, the right of return, the right of return to Israel as though it were uh, Palestinians' home first. Um, so they are, of course, denying the right of Israel to exist, and they're teaching these, this to the children. Um, they posted this on on social media, and they wrote the flowers, they're referring to the young girls, of the Al-Isra Elementary School, held a national educational activity, dummy Palestinian identity cards. They don't mean dummy, (laughs) like stupid, they mean fake (laughs) Palestinian identity cards. Uh, And the purpose of it was to strengthen the national affiliation and to establish it. Um, and basically that is, um, you know, Palestine is Arab from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. Its capital is Jerusalem, and it will be obliterated sooner or later. That is the theme of the lesson, and with the, you know, with the identity cards, um, and with these these drawings, and, and behind them, and so on, that is what, the, and these little girls, you know, they look like such 
innocent, sweet little girls, um, and they are being brainwashed. Again, not unlike what is happening in America with CRT, where um, where black children are being told that white children are their oppressors and white children are being told that they are evil because they are white. <laughs> um, you know, and these kids would normally and similar, you know, similarly to um, similar to these these children um, that I was just talking about, these fourth graders, you know, children do not grow up, I mean, unless they're being brainwashed, they do not grow up with hatred for children of a different color or who look different in, in any way. When they're born, they, they do not come into the world with any kind of hatred. Um, it's like that song in The King and I, they've got to be taught. They've got to be carefully taught. And that is what's happening both in regard to, you know, from what the Palestinian Authority is doing to these children, as well as what is happening in our own um, classrooms. They're being carefully taught to hate other children. So needless to say, um, you know, we, in a perfect world, we wouldn't need, um, we wouldn't need uh, bills passed in Congress against the discrimination of any group. And yes, this is not a perfect world. Um, neither, and and if it was, you know, if, it, if there were bills, a bill passed or bills passed protecting all of the people who get uh, discriminated against, and there are already a lot of bills, but not not in the same way or not to the same extent that the Ilhan Omar bill does. There is not, for example, a, an anti-Semitic bill like that or an anti-Christian bill like that. Those other groups, religious groups, are not protected in the same way that Ilhan Omar wants to protect um, people, the Islamists, through um, through because of claiming all of this, blaming all of this on so-called Islamophobia. Now, again, I do want to say that I am not for Islamophobia. I am not for the fear of people who practice Islam, and I am not for the fear of people who look different in any way. I am all for tolerance, but this bill goes a lot farther. And again, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Really, this is this is just um, this is um, a Trojan horse. That really, the purpose of it is to make it easier for jihad, jihadists, to invade America. Well, thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, Check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist.
Thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.